Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Reenactors Corner podcast. Uh, this is Chris here with Lassa. How are you doing today, Lassa? I am doing uh, marvelous, and um, I guess people were wondering why we're talking without an intro music, but this is the intro. This is the intro, and it is an exciting intro because I am proud to announce we are going to do our first ever Reenactors Corner podcast promotional giveaway thing. Um, where you have the opportunity to get a thing for free. Uh, you, the listener, not you, Lassa, right? So, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so what this thing is, it is a, a Kodak box camera from 1920. It's from the 1920s. Um, it's a Kodak Hawkeye number 2 Model C. And this camera is one that was made in huge numbers in America. It was also exported to Germany, where it was sold there and was used, of course, later uh, during the Third Reich also. Um, and the good thing about this camera is is that I have restored it, so it works just as good as it did when it was new. It's super easy to use. I have a, a YouTube video that shows you how to load the film and take the pictures. And it will take absolutely gorgeous photos. Also, this camera is a really nice one in really nice condition, and uh, I'm almost tempted to keep it for myself. But as our regular listeners know, I have too many things, so, uh, so I'm happy to <laughs> give this to a... A worthy home, and I hope that whoever gets it uh, takes cool reenactment pictures with it, or just whatever kind of cool pictures you want to take. Also, it's going to come with a roll of film, so the moment that you get this thing, you can load it up and uh, start snapping away, take some cool photos. The camera is cool. You will like it. It is black and in very nice condition. Hopefully, uh, you will see a post with a picture of it uh, with the film that you get, which comes even in a cool retro box, so um, it's, an, it's a cool thing. So, Lassa, mm, it comes with everything. What do the people have to do to get the free camera? Oh, they will almost have to do nothing. But uh, if you, the listener, go into our Facebook page or Instagram page um, and like and comment on the giveaway post, which will be linked in the show notes of this episode, you are eligible for uh, winning the box camera with film and everything. Okay, what about if people don't have Facebook? Well, then they need to get Facebook. What about Instagram? Instagram? Can they do it on Instagram? Yeah, Facebook and in Instagram. And if you do both, you're doubling your chances. Okay, so there's going to be a post on Facebook and a post on Instagram. They have to like and comment either the Instagram post or the Facebook post or both. Yes, is that all they have to do is like and comment on the post? That's all they have to do. Great. Okay. Well, that sounds Isn't the super world easy. fantastic? Yeah. Um, and then you are going to use a computer program to randomly select a winner, right? Yes. I will use some um, computer magic, and the winner will be chosen absolutely 100% randomly. And yeah, um, the winner will be announced on the next episode, which will air. In two weeks, on the 27th of August. Cool. Uh, but uh, due to do, due to us having to record and stuff, the uh, giveaway closes on the 23rd. So there's a 10-day window from today. Do they have to share anything or just like and comment? Just like and comment. Oh, wow. So easy. Okay, good. Please share it also, too. Even if, though, that won't yeah, help if you your, share it, um, your chances of If you winning. share it, you will have a better consciousness. 
Um, and wherever you are on earth, I will mail you this thing. So, um, you know, it doesn't matter where you live. It will, it will come in the mail, courtesy of me. That's the uh, magic of uh, mail, I guess. Okay, so having said all of that... Um, <laughs> yeah, and just to add, uh, click the links in the show notes. There's there's links there to both the Facebook and Instagram page where everything is explained in more detail, and you also have a photo of the majestic camera. You can win. Yeah, if you have any questions about it, um, you can uh, reach out, and we will answer your question. Um, so... I guess without further ado, let's uh, head into this new episode of the Reenactors Corner, which does not actually feature me, but will be Lassa and his guest talking about cold weather survival, which I look forward to hearing. Yeah, we thought that hopefully Corona will uh, start to dwindle closer to winter. We can get some events going. People are hungry for events. But then there's the cold weather, which can be dangerous, and we're going to give you some very good tips on survival uh, in the cold weather in this episode. It's an ultra hot day here where I live, and I just am looking forward to hearing about uh, being cold. That will make me feel better. <laughs> Getting in the cold zone. All right, so here we go. Getting in the cold zone. Take it away, guys. Thanks. So we are on location at a German coastal fort in Norway, and we're here with a special guest, Niklas. Hello. He's, uh, I've uh, talked about you uh, before on the podcast, um, because you're my unit co-commander. That's true. And also a somewhat good friend. <laughs> somewhat good friend. <laughs> that, well, that's the best I can get, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're recording this on location because we're currently restoring a original German barracks building. Oh yeah, it's gonna be really cool, I think. Yeah. So we're sitting in the back of a van. The back of a white van in the middle of the night. Uh, it had like some spray paint on the side that said "free" something. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was a creepy guy owning the truck. Yeah. We just asked if he can use it. I saw. I I just saw "free" and I. Oh jumped in yeah yeah but yeah um introduce yourself to the audience yeah i'm i'm i've been doing reenactment for like properly for about seven years i think so uh, at least german reenactment i i done some some other stuff uh more related to larping i think uh before that but still historical larping and also uh, have been doing some uh, historical um, uh, classic era, uh, meaning Roman reenactment before, but uh, I'm not do currently doing that anymore. So, so now I'm into German reenactment, and uh, I really like the hobby, and uh, I have uh, really grown a lot in the hobby. I learned really a lot uh, in the in the seven years I've been doing German reenactment. And then you ended up in 
our unit, I suppose. Yeah, I, that was sort of when I really started getting serious about German reenactment. I had a, sort of a kit. Um, I'm not too proud of that. I don't think many reenactors are <laughs> proud of their first kit, but uh, I still no have some pieces of it, like the gas mask can, the helmet, and stuff like that. Actually, I bought some good stuff as well. Um, yeah, but I got into the unit, uh, in, into the unit when it was uh, almost brand new, and I'm I've been around since, and now I'm the co-commander of the unit. And well, I'm 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 looking back at this, and I think it's really cool. Um, and I'm I think I'm gonna do reenactment for quite some time. <laughs> still, I have I haven't done anything I want to do, and I I still have a lot of plans. So uh, yeah, I really like this. Reenactment future is bright. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <clears throat> Yeah, we're going to co- talk about uh, cold weather conditions uh, and reenactment. And that's a topic that, well, I, 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 would, I don't want to say I'm an expert on this, but I'm, I, I know my stuff. Um, I have experience from the Norwegian army. I think a lot of Norwegians, uh, Norway is a cold uh, country. It's really colder in the winter, and I think a lot of Norwegians just from being Norwegian, uh, knows a lot about snow. For instance, we have over 50 words for snow and snow-related subjects. So, yeah, we're into winter sports and stuff like that, and uh, Norway is famous for that. And, um, well, so... And and a lot of of German reenactment is about... or real German history of World War II were about uh, the cold. It's, a, it's a, an obstacle for the German army. And I think that would be uh, cool to talk a little bit about. Yeah. Um, where should we start on such a topic? Well, my my first, the first thing, and we do this in our unit, as you know, uh, we talk a lot about safety uh, and, and cold weather conditions. So that's the first Place I want to start, and then I want to give some tips. Well, how to to actually uh, try to overcome the cold and try to adapt to it, and how the equipment is working against you, and also how you can make the equipment that you carry on you work with you, and also yeah, use uh, your teammates. So, uh, and I think uh, the thing that we do as uh, all the different things we do as reenactors, I think that cold weather conditions might be one of the most dangerous things we do because we, we can, you can really damage yourself. You can really, you can, you can get real actually problems, health problems if you, if you don't do it properly. Permanent uh, damage. Yeah. And, um, well, we are walking around in 80-year-old military equipment, and still today, uh, we don't have uh, that good uh, equipment. To you, you don't have any military equipment that just cancels out the cold. But you still have a modern army. Uh, the modern army has a lot of um, different options that they didn't have back then. But now, uh, we are in actors, so we use 80-year-old equipment and. Uh, as we know from history, it didn't go that well for the German army during the 
really cold Russian winter. And um, I'm <laughs> just to, uh, not to spoil anything, but uh, the 80-year-old German equipment is still not good today. It's basically the same. Uh, yeah, it didn't get better. No, it hasn't been any better, and the reproductions are not better as well. So, uh, and the possible hazards is, of course, you can get like permanent, as I said, permanent frost damage. But you can also have you can you can lose limbs. You can actually have to amputate a leg or an arm or uh, something like that because you have uh, frost damage that are not curable. And, and this can, is yeah, yeah. This is something that is rather important to note for reenactors especially because i know many reenactors are like they want to do proper winter events but their region may not have proper winter so they may travel i know dutch people and other people have traveled to norway to do proper winter events but if you're not prepared uh, you may get permanent damage for life uh just or just from friday to sunday yeah, it's so easy to get frost damage and uh, or or, um, or actually be quite sick. You can get like pneumonia and stuff like that from just uh, just a couple of days of or just a day of of a proper cold and uh, cold weather. And uh, so, so I think and as you said, or uh, there's a lot of reenactors I think that don't have the climate to do cold um, cold weather conditions like like this and then i'm talking about between 10 and 20 minus uh, celsius and if that, not even colder as well yeah and and just um, a couple of minus degrees can actually be dangerous if you're staying outside you can you have like drunk people that fall asleep in the snow that's a i won't say common problem but it's it's, it's a problem uh, for in some areas in norway and uh, and they can actually die in just a couple of minus. That would be enough to like shut down the body, and you will uh, not wake up. So, and when we talk about frost damage, there's like there's four degrees of frost damage. So that I know some people might already know this, but I'm I'm going through the basics here just to. It's for everybody who doesn't necessarily know it. Yeah. So just if you know all this stuff, just bear with me. It might come some. Some uh, some things that you don't know. So, well, it looks like we have company here uh, on the outside of the truck. Yeah, Lassie just opened the truck. Adrian, you joined us in a previous episode. How was your bay? It was really good. Awesome. Yeah. So so now we have some people uh, in our group, our unit. And they, they've been. Um, they they went to the, to the sea to have a bath. So. You can tell it. <laughs> I got yelled at by some guy for going on private property. Were you trespassing? It's not trespassing in Norway. Did you get shot? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> are are everyone still alive? From the the baiting uh, detachment, one, two, or three. oh god, <laughs> you lost one guy. Okay, we didn't do a head count before we left, so we okay. don't know. You need to fill out the uh, proper uh, paperwork for losing one uh, team member, and uh, well, I, I 
Elasa, I think it's safe to say that we're now recruiting new members to our group, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll give them the Iron Cross post-mortem. So if yeah, find out send it lost. in the mail to, to his mother or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, we'll do that. Get Ryan on. Um, get like a really cheap copy of Iron Cross. <laughs> Plastic lead. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, lead copy. Yeah. So, uh, but you guys, if you don't mind, um, yeah. I think we're gonna continue. Oh, look, this. another guy. Oh. oh, yeah. He's shy. He's the owner of the truck. We're gonna no. leave you now, so you can continue your podcast episode recording. So, enjoy. Sounds nice. <laughs> yep. Okay, so <laughs> sorry for disturbance there. Um, yeah, I was going through through a list or I was talking about the different degrees of um, frost damage you can get, and it's actually four degrees, as I was about to say. And uh, I can just say what happens, like uh, what actually uh, medically happens to you when you get frost damage. It's like there's ice crystals forming up. Um, yeah, in... because it, it's it's not just you're freezing. You're have you're shivering a little bit. It's more than that. Yeah, it's more than that. It's it's actually when you're beyond freezing. You're you have been freezing for some time, and it's a, at least a, some uh, maybe up to ten minus or even more. Then it's going to be dangerous for you. And um, it's actually so it's it's ice crystals forming up in your skin and. Uh, and what happens is they, they they will burst and then damage your skin and the cells in your skin, um, and they can also damage the blood ves uh, blood vessels and also, um, of course, kill the cells completely if it's uh, serious enough. So uh, you have like a stage one and two uh, frost damage, and that's uh, more superficial damage to the skin, and it's uh, it can be noticeable by. The skin turning pale and and sort of hard to uh, to touch, and um, and uh, usually the skin will then turn red and have like uh, some source in the skin when it when you heat it up again when it, when you get heat back in the in the system. Um, how how long does <coughs> it take to reach stage one frostbite? Uh, not very long actually, and it's quite common to get it. A lot of people have like had this especially in norway or colder places if you went outside and it's a really cold day and you're waiting for a bus or anything like that and you and it's maybe a little bit windy or something and and your your face is really cold and then you get back into the bus and then you or somewhere where it's warm and then you you get really red in your face and then some people also get some small sores usually around their mouth uh, that's the most common area like a cold sore it's called in uh, in Norway at least so uh, <clears throat> and that's uh, just for 15 minutes 30 minutes exposure uh, to if it's cold enough of course the temperature uh, if it's lower then it's it will be faster so depends on how cold it is so, um, and the most common areas of getting uh, one and two um, uh, cold or frost damage is, is uh, on your hands, feet, nose, and ears. So that's like the, the areas where you are, uh, they are more exposed to this. Um, and then you have uh, three and four, uh, which is 
a more deeper damage to the skin and underlying muscle tissue. That's when it's more serious. It's gone. Bef- it's beyond one and two, and the skin will then uh, be pale as well. And it, you maybe also get more like a wax yellow color with a blue grayish um, shadows and. Uh, and the skin will, or uh, uh, the frozen area will be uh, without any sense when it touched. So, if someone touch it or prick it with a needle or something like that you you won't feel it. And um, and when it's heated, if you heat it back up and it still don't have, you still don't have any feeling in it, then it's gonna be really serious. Then you have to get to a doctor or hospital immediately, because then you can lose that. Uh, leg or toe or whatever it is and there's of course hands, nose, ears um, toes uh, feet are more exposed uh, because they're the body will basically uh, choose not to heat that area uh, of your body and uh, prioritizing so it's like okay it's really cold I need to save heat I will uh, prioritize heart brain lungs liver everything you need to function and okay that's bad uh, you d- I don't prioritize your toes for instance so yeah then your toe is fucked <laughs> and and it's gonna get really cold and and you might lose it and that was a really common uh, damage for soldiers in the field you see soldiers without noses uh, that are or the noses that are blue grayish and you and you just know okay they're gonna lose their nose or or you see people um, without toes and that's uh, or serious uh, damage to the teeth so um, so that's sort of the different degrees of and how it works um, so what can you do if you if you get like a frostbite and there's um, of course, there's, I have a small list here of, of things you can do, and also a small list of how to prevent it. And one of the things you can do is like you can, you, of course, you can get out of the cold and into the heat. So if it's possible for you, just get out of the cold and go inside or go into your car. If if you're at an event and you have a car parked nearby, just go there and and have the heater on the car and just get warm. This is a very good tip to event organizers too. To yeah have a warm place prepared, even if it's just a car, but have yeah. somewhere. Have somewhere that you can go uh, and get warm. And then that's that's about safety, I think. For for me, uh, for an organizer, uh, I have organized a lot of events uh, locally here, and um, that's one of the things we're, we think about when we organize events. And I think other people uh, should take that into consideration as well. Yeah, um, one event, place we had before oh, yeah. had a greenhouse next to it which always was like super warm yeah that was nice <laughs> because it was super cold outside and i can say for that event we were sleeping in 15 minus uh, celsius and we have no shelter we only had an open fire and it was a this was a newbie friendly event for new uh, members <laughs> And we basically slept on the ground next to the fire. And even even though open flame in the winter time would be kind of farby to do because you're a huge target for artillery, airplanes, and stuff like that, it's um, it was uh, still 
cool to do it, but it was super duper cold, and I don't think anyone slept much for that weekend. You sleep 20 minutes, and you wake up, and you're like, I hope I slept five hours. Yeah, I, I remember that. I, I was like, oh, I, I, I actually slept, and then woke up. Uh, I was... I was more or less the same when it came to tiredness when when I woke up and I was like, okay, I, I hope the event is closer to the end now. And it was <laughs> well, it was closer to the end, but only by 20 minutes. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh, to continue the list, uh, of course, you can um, you can also uh, warm your if you're cold on your hands, you can warm it in your armpits, for instance, across your arms and put your hands underneath your armpits. Uh, some people also use their groin area to heat up their hands. Um, basically, any place with the major blood vessels that travels to your body would be an excellent place to put your uh, cold feet or hands. Um, uh, but it's important to to say that do not rub the frostbite area. Do not rub your skin if you're if you have a, if you're really cold someplace don't rub the skin because then you can uh, do further damage to your skin um, you can put a hand on top of it but yeah don't rub it so if you're helping someone that's really cold and you're warm like if you have warm hands put your ha- warm hand on the cold hand uh, their cold hand and and but do not rub it like you said yeah because it's common to believe that you just place the hand on them and then you just start rubbing oh yeah to create friction which is heat yeah and but... it's in in a way it seems logical because you as you say friction makes heat until dead flesh just starts peeling off yeah and that that can happen and that's not nice <laughs> and you can do f- as i said further damage and, and permanent damage to the skin um also if you if it's possible when you're cold drink something hot uh, if you get something like hot food, soup, uh, cocoa, or tea, hot tea, or something like or just that, just warm water, basically. Yeah, then you will get some warmth in you, and it will it will help the body to 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 stay warmer. Because then the body doesn't have to produce the heat; it just yeah. takes the heat from the yeah warm body yeah. or warm drink. And it help actually helps a lot. Um, so, and it's always good to have something hot to drink uh, around and. German soldiers were common to have in in winter conditions. German uh, soldiers often got um, food containers uh, containing uh, uh, hot tea. Um, it's not wasn't really that tasty, but the German soldiers usually liked it. It was preferable uh, preferable start to the day. Uh, coffee is of course uh, a good thing as well, but as we know, coffee was. Uh, starting to get uh, a luxury item uh, for the later part of the war. Um, uh, You can also, uh, of course, get, um, uh, if it's possible, get close to a fire uh, or an oven or something like that. But it's important to remember that you can also get burn damage, um, even though you have this uh, frost damage doesn't exclude burn damage. You can you can get burned by getting too close to a fire, and if you don't you don't feel anything in your foot, for instance, and you put this close to an oven, you can get burn damage as well because your nerves are not feeling anything, and then you you might okay it's, it smells like bacon here and okay it's my <laughs> foot, 
and then you have double trouble. Um, yeah. So that literally. That, yeah. So so don't do that. Frostbite and burn. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a terrible that's a terrible way to to end an event. I think. Um, uh, of course, you can um, you can also use water to speed up the heating process. Um, but it's important to to say that uh, don't have the water any hotter than uh, body temperature. Just keep it yeah. at that level. So that would warm water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be, of course, when you're really cold, you're like, okay, I'm gonna use super hot water. That's gonna speed up the heating process. And I'm gonna feel really good in my hands or feet or whatever that's called. And then uh, you actually um, make this ice crystal uh, process even worse. And then your hand's going to turn completely red. Uh, usually that happens, completely red. And then you're going to have this. Some people maybe had this before, but you get this stingy uh, feeling like uh, someone's pricking you with a needle. Uh, but it's only thousands of needles at the same time in your hands or feet or whatever. I've had that. Yeah, and it's not nice. It's it's And that's actually the cells or the, uh, the ice crystals exploding in your skin. And that's not good to have them that happen at the same time. So uh, so don't do that. That's my, my best tip. Okay. Don't use boiling water. No, don't do that. <laughs> then you can also burn yourself. And that's um, that also happened uh, with uh, normal tap water. Some uh, houses or... Places have extremely hot uh, tap water, and that can yeah, also... that's what we did. It wasn't boiling, but I had been out. I was a kid playing. Hands yeah. were really cold. I went in to warm up myself. Yeah, and I put on what I thought was lukewarm water, and took my hand in in water. Yeah, and it was hot, but I didn't feel it. But then suddenly you start feeling it. And it hurts a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's 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 like because you you don't have any the nerves are not responding in a proper way. So you're like, okay, this this feels good, it's nice, and then it's like, ah ah ah, okay, this yeah. is this is this is really hot. I'm boiling my oh, hands. Damn, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so don't do that. Um, I also has I have a small list of like how to prevent frostbites. Now I talked about what to do if you get them, but the best thing to do is not get them. Uh, don't, uh, like, what can you do? You so, can have a reenactment season, summertime only. Oh, yeah, you can do that, and that would be nice. Uh, in the Bahamas <laughs> or something, and yeah, that's warm all day around. Or only do Africa core or something like that, or, yeah. Uh, but if you are doing winter events, you, you, you might uh, want to listen to this. Um one, uh, my first tip is like, do not wash your face um, in the morning. That many people uh, sprinkle some water in their face and uh, it's a little bit to wake up or, or clean themselves. And it was when it's really cold outside, I I usually try to avoid that because your natural, uh, the natural fat that are building up um, on the outside of your skin, especially in your face, are actually there to protect you. It's like natural oils uh, in your skin and they're trying to protect your skin from the environment. And your skin is, is uh, in your face, is, is really exposed to uh, to everything from cold to um, pollution and everything. And so, so that would be uh, a good thing to not remove it and it will help uh, protecting your ear and nose and, and uh, cheeks and stuff like that. And everything that's uh, 
pointing out. So, um, and of course, uh, next uh, tip is always trying to have hot and dry clothing. And then it's good to have some spare clothing to, to, to make that happen. And I, I usually, I always carry spare socks, for instance. I would close, I would really recommend to have extra socks for everyone. I wouldn't even say recommend, but do have extra <laughs> yeah. socks during win- winter events. Yeah, I, I always bring them in summer events as well because you can step into a, a water or something and it's going to be really annoying to have Of course, but then socks. it's just annoying, but in wintertime yeah. it's, it's dangerous. actually dangerous, yeah. So, have spare socks and I usually keep uh, three pairs with me. Um, maybe sometimes four as well because I have some when I'm doing an event with, with new guys, I know that they can sometimes forget stuff. And then I have some extra socks so I can really be the hero when they're <laughs> when they're really cold. And I can say, I have these really good woolen socks and they're going to make your feet really warm. And I can also say, you can just keep them because they're, socks like that are dirt cheap in Norway. It, it's not um, expensive. It's a necessary item to make sure that you do. Uh, you survive the winter just <laughs> by normal standards. Yeah. So, so um, have some extra clothing, and also I can say with my socks, I usually have if I have a pair that's used and a little bit wet or damp, I I put them on top of my shoulders or wrap them around my neck, underneath my clothing, close to my skin. That seems for some people like not a good idea it's like you're already a little bit cold it's cold outside and you have your smelly socks that are already a little bit damp and you wanna you want me to put them around my neck that seems like a bad yeah it seems like a bad idea but actually it's really good idea because your body is like an oven and it produces heat and the heat will rise up and it will um, go up into the air and travel through the socks and through your shoulders up into your head and continue up up to into the air. So uh, by keeping your socks there, they're actually gonna get dry. And if they're woolen socks, they will get dry quite quickly because wool is um, uh, really good at at um, uh, yeah <laughs> expel water or whatever. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah. keep water within it and not on your skin. Yeah, it's like wool is is amazing in so many ways. There's but a reason it's popular for military uniforms. Still prior today. To, yeah. 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 Still today. Yeah. For for um, for clothing uh, next to the skin underneath uh, the uniforms, it's still used in the Norwegian army. They have wool underwear. Uh, long underwear and uh, long johns and uh, that's actually it's still the best thing and they haven't in yeah. so many years uh, haven't found anything that's better so um, another thing is, is uh, use um, use like a scarf or buff to cover up your face that's of course a natural thing to do I would recommend having two buffs if it's really cold outside. You know, the nice German buff that a lot of people have. Um, and they can be really nice in the autumn when it's a little bit cold outside, especially doing night watch um, duties and stuff like that. And it, it, then one would be sufficient. But when it's really cold, I would recommend to have it 
have two. Then you can wrap one uh, more or less around your neck and the other one further up covering more of your face and ears. And then maybe do a scarf around your neck as well to do an extra protection. Then you can really protect your um, your face and keep some of the warm um, warmth in inside you. Um, um, I, I was talking a little bit about the next topic or the next uh, bullet point I have here, and that's to bring something hot to drink. Um, it's really important to have to get some heat in you, and um, uh, so I would strongly recommend to to buy something if it's tea, coffee, whatever, or do it as a unit. Have a kettle somewhere in the oven or something, and and distribute. Um, uh, hot drinks for uh, for everyone. Yeah, just warm up some liters yeah. of water and just distribute. Yeah, uh, or have an aspit uh, cooker if it's possible. You can cook like a cup of uh, coffee or tea or whatever. Anything helps. Soup or soup powder. It will it will help. Um, another thing is keep moving. And that's something that we had problems with in our group. And I think Lasse, we have a story about that. But uh, if if you, you're cold, do not just lie still. Uh, keep moving. Or this is especially a problem if you're trying to sleep and you're lying on the ground and you might feel a little bit warm when you went to sleep. Suddenly you wake up, and it's usually doesn't take long. Maybe ten, fifteen minutes. You wake you up. Can't you can't feel your, yeah, your toes? You're really you can't cold. Feel your feet. You can't feel your hands. Yeah, and you're you're cold, and you're like okay. And then, for some people, they just continue lying there and trying. Okay, I hope I get warm soon. It is the biggest conundrum in the world because you you know you you have to move. Yeah but you have absolutely no motivation to move at all. That's true. So you're just laying there and just hoping for God to embrace you with <laughs> some warmth. Yeah, yeah. And we had a, we had a guy in our group who we were doing this um, winter event as, a, as a, many years ago now. And it's um, maybe, I would say, like a second uh, real, uh, real deal winter event that we did. Uh, we had a tactical and we had enemies. Uh, this was uh, Eastern Front scenario. We had um, uh, a bunch of Russians. They were constantly harassing us with sniper fire uh, and fake attacks, that uh, mocking attacks. They would just shoot a little bit to make um, make the alarms go off. Uh, we would man the um, our positions. And then nothing happened. And then we tried to get back to sleep. And this was a um, continuous circle. So well played by the Russians, but that's not my point. We had like a guy, he was uh, <laughs> he was not doing well with, uh, with uh, this little amount of sleep. Yeah, because it wasn't, the event wasn't particularly cold. It was like five minus. Yeah. But the thing is daytime, uh, the sun came and melted everything so it became wet then wind uh, nighttime it crept below zero below freezing so everything froze up yeah so and we we were sleeping in this 
We made this shelter out of um, branches, uh, pine wood branches. We made uh, like a huge shelter, and uh, and we had like a, a homemade oven in it, and it was <laughs> out of spare bricks and uh, a pipe or something. Yeah, yeah, a metal tube or something. Metal and... tube, and it was it was it was warmer than a a, a Messerschmitt two six two engine. Yeah. It was. Yeah, <laughs> with the draft that came from the top of the pipe, it was basically a jet engine. Yeah, and it made this sound uh, because of the 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 air traveling through. But our shelter didn't really had any ability at all to keep the warmth in. The only thing it did it melted all the snow on top of the shelter, making it rain inside our. Shelters making us wet, and we were still cold. And I think maybe two or three guys lying almost next, like five centimeters away from this glowing, red glowing tube, they might uh, might feel warm, a little bit warm. Yeah, because the ground actually caught fire. Oh yeah, Be- not not where the fire was, but below the metal tube. Yeah, it was spring under there. Like there were like <laughs> insects coming back, and they were like, "Okay, it's spring now." It's like a spider, and it's like, "Oh, okay, it's it's spring. Okay, it's really hot. It's not. It's actually summer for the spider, and then yeah. it dies because it's <laughs> it just cooks them." And so, and yeah, so we had this guy in the group, and he was he was not lying. It was the one, <laughs> not one of the lucky tree lying next to this tube. And and he was uh, he was not doing especially good, and I can say from as as uh, a co-commander in this, this group, I would say that we of course have to take some responsibility um, for for the members uh, we have as well, and and for the Gruppenführers or the officers uh, on on these events, I think it's important that they. Uh, Think about the responsibility they have and and check on their men and guys. Uh, make sure that they have uh, all they need and uh, don't have any problems. But as I, yeah, getting back to the story, he was not feeling. Uh, he was really tired from all these alarms, and we have sentries, of course, uh, sitting in different positions, uh, listening because it was pitch dark, so they had to listen, use their ears a lot. And the Russians were sneaking around in the woods. Sometimes they can charge you from 10 meters away and you're all alone with just one rifle and you're like, okay, I'm going to die now. Yeah, you're not focusing on Russians. You're focusing on staying warm. Yeah, because you're so cold. So um, so this guy, he, he was trying to sleep, not laying next to the, the oven and and um, and he went to the into the trap that he he, he didn't just stand up and walk a little bit and and use whatever um, uh, body heat he can produce from just walking around doing physical stuff. Uh, he was instead lying on the cold ground um, and and staying cold. So, uh, and what happened was he, he was discovered by some of the other uh, group members uh, they they saw okay this guy struggling he is really cold and then we start to shake on him 
And it's like, okay, you get like for, for at least first, but probably second degree frost damage already. And we need to get him somewhere hot. Yeah, because he was shivering. Yeah. And we told him, you need to get up. And he was like, no, I'm fine. Yeah. And then he... So, uh, yeah, and then we can see in, on his feet that he had uh, had some issues and, and uh, he was uh, also really cold on his hands. And, and then we sent him to a a wooden, uh, sort of wooden bunker. Well, that's, that's the closest yeah. thing we can call it, but it's well, like a wooden structure, <laughs> um, homemade um, with an oven inside. And then we buried him in, in wool blankets Yeah, next to the oven. So they... They were putting all the logs that they could into the oven. Actually, it's so much that the roof catched fire on several occasions. <laughs> but that's a that's something for a different time. That's oh, already safety. safety first for in reenactment always. So uh, the guy, of course, he he um, not of course, but uh, he he were okay afterwards. I don't think he got any permanent damage. Uh, I don't luckily. think so. No. But he was, it was an experience for him and a real experience for all of us. And it was a really eye-opener for me, at least. It was like, okay, oh, shit, this can real, this is real. Uh, it, it was barely five minus and a guy almost got, like, serious frost damage yeah. uh, from just that. So, yeah. Um, so, again, keep moving. If it's uh, possible, going back to the list here. Um, uh, one of the things I you can do is like make funny faces, <laughs> and also roll your uh, as I say, roll your toes and fingers. Yeah, like curl your toes yeah, together. Curl them together in. So you should have in your in your boots uh, or shoes, whatever footwear you have, from whatever impression you're doing. Um, even if it's not German, you should have sufficient uh, room in your shoe uh, to move your toes and feet a little bit. Because if you get like an air bubble around your feet, then it's some room to, to keep the heat in. And if the shoe is, is too tight, you will um, uh, don't get you don't get enough blood circulation. So it's important to, to have that option uh, to curl your toes a little bit and also uh, to um, move your fingers to get some blood circulation because you're actually tricking your body. You're like, the body doesn't want to, to prioritize that. They, they're like, oh, I, I just want to uh, get blood circulation into your heart, brain, stuff like that. But actually you're, aha, I'm moving my toes. You have to send blood to my toes now because I move it a lot. Exactly. So you trick your body a little bit. So, um, so that's a good thing to do. And also, as I said, make funny faces. And what I, th- I mean about that, you get blood circulation into your face. And Try to move your jaw, yeah. uh, cheeks, yeah, uh, forehead. Forehead, lips, stuff like that. Just Everything. <laughs> move your face as much as possible to just get some blood circulation there. And it's going to help you keep, keep your face warmer. Um. The other thing I, I wrote down here, help to check your teammates. So that's the best thing you can do. Help to check on your teammates. And do maybe like a routine check that you're, okay, every 
every day at a certain time we do a check of all the seats in the in every squad for instance do this the squad leaders can do that the group and fears yeah they can check the feet of all the soldiers and then one of the soldiers check the feet of the group and fear or a squad leader and then um um then you know that okay the feet is good and if you see some issues okay and maybe you can give some uh, extra socks or um, foot powder some people use that to keep the foot dry uh, so a lot of um, that's a good preventive thing to do and also if people are really really cold you can also help help them with your body heat uh, as well um, and that's something that, um, that all soldier that soldiers that have experienced cold body conditions uh, would do and that's um, it's very important to remove uh, footwear yeah and that's um, another thing I'm going coming back to that uh, but uh, yeah remove your footwear when you're sleeping so um, at least once a day yeah that's basically my list so yeah with that thank you for having me Lasse and it's really nice to to be able to thank you for joining me in the white van (laughs) at the coastal fort (laughs) (laughs) I think the owner of the van is is, wants it back and when he wants to sleep her we can thank him maybe for I think he uh, may want to opening the door here go to bed yeah he's been uh, lurking around <laughs> in the woods here so oh well then um, okay as we say in the podcast i'll see you in the field yeah you need to say it too i will see you in the field thank you <laughs> <laughs> This is post-production Lasse talking real quick to just uh, let you guys know that the the episode recorded on cold weather uh, turned out to be so long we decided to cut it in two and release it in two separate parts. And you've just listened to part one, uh, which is why Nicholas uh, mentioned many things he was going to talk about and then suddenly said his list was empty. This was basically a decision we did uh, because... It kind of fits naturally for this episode to be on cold weather survival and consequences. And the next episode will be on cold weather uh, kit and gear, which probably is what everybody loves a little bit more. Anyways, thanks to Mike for editing this episode and see you in the field. <laughs>